Welcome to Lab the Podcast. We are uncovering enchanted reality through conversations with people whose lives and work give us a glimpse of the life and beauty of the gospel. We're so glad you're joining us for the conversation. Lab the Podcast starts right now. Hey, welcome to Lab the Podcast. Here we are, episode 124, which is amazing. It's December. We're a few days from Christmas, fully in the holiday season, and episode 124. And Riley is here with me, our producer. And Riley had a great uh, way for us to wrap out the year, which I thought was was a wonderful invitation to get some of our team together. So many of you listening uh, know Lab the Podcast just because a friend invited you or shared an episode with you or you knew somebody who was on the podcast. And what you may not know is that there's an entire team that makes it possible for, for V3 to do our ministry. And Lab the Podcast is a part of our work to, as we say, share the life and beauty of the gospel with the world. And without the team, we couldn't do this. And it, it certainly wouldn't be possible, nor would it be fun. And so Riley had a great idea for us to bring the team together and to just close out 2023 with some, uh, some of our team contributing to a conversation. So we want to talk a little bit about making room. And it's, it's Christmas, and the gospel account in Luke gives us this incredible picture of a, a, a moment in time when God entered in and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And at this particular time, in a particular place, there was God, the life of God came into this world. And amidst that story, the way it's presented, there was this exchange of a moment where there wasn't room, and and the story unfolds from there. So we're going to get into that, but before we do, I just want to introduce some extraordinary people who make it possible for Lab the Podcast to exist. So many of you don't know, but my wife, Cami is a part of our team. She does all the booking. She does all of the connections for guests who come here live to Tampa and everybody who around the world participates in Lab the Podcast. So Cami is to my right. Cami, say hello so people hear your voice. And I want to know for some Somebody who is interested, childhood favorite dessert or sweet thing that happened around Christmas? Thanks for having us, Zach. Hey, so I am Cami Elliott. So happy to be here with um, all the lab listeners listening in. And as far as a Christmas dessert, the thing that comes to mind is the most delicious holiday, but really it could be any time of year, tradition for my family was to eat Dutch Pannekoeken. And it's something my mom makes. It's a recipe that is handed down. It's essentially a pancake, but made a different way, similar to a crepe. And I just remember my mom in the kitchen for hours making my brother and my sister and I Dutch Pannekoeken. Yeah. And it's when I first got to know Cami's family, Panakukin's a thing. There's whipped cream and there's jelly and there's cinnamon and sugar. There's all sorts of goodness around there. And I didn't know what it was. I thought that they were pancakes that just didn't like fluff up. And then I found my way to Panakukin, which is super, super good. 
Aaron Milner is next to you. Aaron does all of our logistics and coordinating for our live events and bringing people together, especially for our pastor's breakfasts. Part of E3's ministry is to invest in churches. And Aaron takes care of our pastors that are in our network and then helps make it possible for us to all be together uh, live and, and, and really open our doors in a hospitable way to people who are here in Tampa. So Aaron's with us. Aaron, you get like the quintessential Christmas question of favorite Christmas movie for you. I'm dying to know. We watched Elf the other night at Armature Works here in town, and it was super fun. And I thought, I've seen better. I'm curious, you, favorite Christmas movie? Mm, that is a tough one. I do like Elf. That's definitely in my top five. Um, I'd say maybe The Grinch, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, just... His heart growing big and the kindness that comes to that. I got to watch that already this season. It was um, just a good reminder that it's not about the stuff, but the heart of people and being together. So I'd say The Grinch. I actually watched that last night. So I thought that's funny that you said that. Did you watch the original like Grinch cartoon? Or Aaron, are you referring to like the, the new Grinch uh, we just watched the newer cartoon. Okay. But I like the one with Will Ferrell as yes. well. They're yeah. all good in their it's, own way. I love it. Jerome Milner is next to us. You've probably heard Jerome on the podcast. Jerome is not only a part of our V3 board, but he is a V3 pastor. He pastors here at Redeemer City Church with Pastor Mitch. And Jerome, is, you've heard his voice. Uh, he's a musician. He's an artist, and and part of 2024, I hope, is going to be a new album. Jerome's been talking about doing some recording again. So, Jerome, favorite Christmas song? Oh man, that is a tough one. That is so tough. Um, put me on the spot. Favorite Christmas song? Uh, probably. Probably Silent Night, you know. Although I I do find myself dancing in the kitchen to Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas every now and then. In my head. Yeah. <laughs> in my head. In my head. Not like, you know, not where anybody can see me. But, yeah, probably um, Silent Night. Dan, you know what? I think that you and every other person can confess, and it would be good for us to confess. It is. You know, let's, let's admit it. it. We love that song. We love that song. Men, children, Everybody. women, we all love that song. Let's just, let's just say it. Yeah. It's good. One of the latest additions to the team in really recent I don't know, was it 2022 or 2023 that you officially joined the team? I lose track of time. But this is Jonathan Clendenin. Jonathan. It's 2022 right now, so I think it was 2022. Oh, see, I'm a future <laughs> thinker, so 2022 is gone. I'm already halfway through 2023 in my brain. Jonathan Clendenin, he's the director of our chapel ministry. And over the last um, well year, a growing part of V3's team. And one of the examples we, we talk about all the time, investing in future leaders and the people who are going to not just lead in culture, but lead in the church. Jonathan's one of these guys. We're super grateful to have him. So Jonathan, you were going to say something else, but in addition, favorite moment of the Christmas season? Is it Christmas morning? Is it Christmas Eve? Is it the lead up through the Advent season? What's your favorite moment of the Christmas season? Hmm. 
I think so. Christmas morning, you open all your gifts and you have all your, uh, I don't know, whatever you've been hoping for. And then there's like a pause between um, afternoon and then usually there's a dinner or something later. So you have that break on Christmas Day when you have all your new toys or gadgets or whatever it is and you have nothing to do. So you just get to, to play for a few hours. That'd be my favorite. And build cool. I imagine Christmas at your house was always like the, if you, when you get to know Jonathan, you'll know we were just talking about skydiving. He hang glides, rides motorcycles, rides hoverboards and unicycles and everything cool that you can imagine. He brings the cool factor of our team up a notch. So uh, we love having Jonathan. Riley, you've heard his voice before. Riley and I get to do the podcast together. In 2022, it's been almost every week that we're recording an episode. So we get to hang out together on Tuesdays prepping for the podcast. And then Thursdays, we get together and record. Edgar Guzman, who was a guest just a little bit ago, impacted Riley. And Riley was reflecting on that, thinking about Thanksgiving, just that there was, there's a way that we can posture ourselves at the table in, around Thanksgiving that makes it rich and makes it sweet. And Riley, I loved hearing you reflect on that conversation from Edgar. I'm curious for you, when do you find that moment of peace and, and a little bit of room opening up at Christmas? Where Because you're busy and you've worked in the church for a long time, so you're, you're usually in some sort of production in and around Christmas. But for you personally, when does it kind of quiet down and you feel like it opens up a little bit and you experience some peace? Um, that's a great question. It's always such a busy season, um, for me with everything, like you said, um, I'd say honestly, the moment I usually walk in the door on Christmas Eve and my whole family's there, um, usually sometimes my dad has to work at night too, so he won't get home till nine ish. And I've been home around that same time before some of these Christmas Eve's, but all the family's there already waiting for us, just hanging out, um, eating, eating, uh, you know, whatever we're making, either chili or something. Um, but the moment I walk in that door, usually we start our, uh, white elephant gift exchange as a family. And that has grown to be my favorite memory. And so I guess kind of right when I walk in the door, it's a little chaotic, but once we're done with that and everybody leaves, uh, we kind of, you know, my immediate family who, you know, still lives at home uh, with my mom and dad, you know, we just kind of sit down and relax and turn a Christmas movie on and it's just kind of peaceful and quiet and, you know, it's, that's probably the, the, the moment it becomes peaceful um, for me. I love it. You, uh, it, It's fun to get to know personalities. So that's part of what I loved Riley's idea of bringing everybody together. And this is just part of our team. We've got a whole another layer of our team who couldn't be with us, people who are already traveling or couldn't be here today. And so hopefully in 2023, you'll get to know us all a little bit more. But when Riley mentions that white elephant exchange, it's no surprise. Riley's got a sense of humor and playfulness and joy that is good for us as a team. And I've really enjoyed getting to know Riley. Many of you have heard me say this before. If you know me privately, my wife, Cammie, is like titanium strong. She's like the most elegant and graceful person and obviously beautiful inside and out. And everybody knows that. But what many people don't know is that she is like titanium, titanium strong. And she's part of the strength of our family, but our ministry. 
And so, Cammie, I'm excited for people to get to know that part of you more, even through this conversation. Aaron Milner, I'll just say there's a piece. We've all talked about this on our team, that when Aaron is in the room, everything just is better. It's peaceful, and there's a sense of peace that kind of comes in a room when Aaron is present. And you are a tremendous gift. People probably hear that through your voice when you are in this conversation. I say St. Jerome, if you know the story of St. Jerome, tames a lion, literally could have been this guy that tames the lion, but Jerome and I have fun with that. There's a great story about St. Jerome that you can look up, but Jerome is St. Jerome in many ways because V3 wouldn't exist if it weren't for Jerome and Roger Sandberg really pushing us uh, as the initial board to walk by faith and to do this big and risky thing. And Jerome's been this steady and faithful and strong presence in V3's life and work and in my life personally. So it's fun. There's a strength to Jerome, but it's very it's very quiet. So look up that story of St. Jerome. Um, if maybe someday I'll invest in a cool tattoo that you can get of lions and all the things. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, and I already said it. Jonathan brings the cool factor up. You'll hear his voice pop up again. But uh, you're the action hero for us. You're just like, if I could go back in time and like be a brave, cool version, I would be Jonathan Clendenin in my other life. All of us, here's, I want to hear it from each of you on this. But we've been going through Hannah Anderson's book. Uh, Heaven and Nature Sing, and many people have been following along with us, watching the videos as the team has introduced it. So, But we really took an intentional posture towards Advent to try to make room, to try to slow down. Frederick Beekner says that beautiful thing, if we're going to bend time and try to slow it down. And these liturgical moments of the year, like Advent, help us do that. Uh, curious, and Jerome, maybe I'll start with you and then we'll kind of popcorn around, but have you, what has the Advent season been like for you this season? And have you found a moment where you really did, through Hannah Anderson's devotional, it helped you bend time? And if so, what was that, what was that day? What was that moment um, in your experience through Advent that's really felt like it did slow down and you got a glimpse of what's coming as we celebrate Christmas? Um, I'll say that you know, I I feel like this has been. Uh, when I was telling uh, one of my clients, I, I, I a personal trainer too uh, on the side, and one of my clients, I was telling them that I felt so busy, you know, this this season, and I think Aaron was saying that too, and he's like, oh man, you can't say the B word, don't say the busy. You know, I, I, there's a good book, you know, it says not to say busy, and I'm like, okay, well, I felt hurried, I felt, you know. Um, just like I'm, I'm, we're doing a lot, but uh, he says he was saying that busy makes it seem like you're not getting things done. And I'm like, yeah, we're getting things done, but there's just always something else. We're just always going, going, going. So I intentionally try to slow down. Um, I'm reading a lot of books right now. Um, for me, you know, I don't think I'm the the biggest reader, but I'm reading. What, we, what did we say? It was was it seven? Right now, with with people that I'm, you know, mentoring and things, and everyone, it's just different books. And then we have books that we're reading, and then so when I was stopped to read Heaven and Nature Sing, you know, I was like, okay, my first, my first, I was like, okay, you know, what? let me 
read this, you know, I probably know what she's going to say, you know, and that's not the right attitude to have, but I was really surprised, um, really, really surprised by, and I said this, I was surprised by joy, you know, mm-hmm. to take C.S. Lewis, but I was like, this is really joyful and, and slowing down and allowing myself to, to sit with, um, with the book and, and they're short too. So you really get to re- reflect. Um, and there's sometimes is the bell and that's okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes a, a Amazon guy comes and, 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 or, you know, it happens. So, but you pest, know, pest control, pest control guy, you know, you gotta get those bugs, but you know, you gotta get those pests buddy. But yeah, it's, it's helped me to just, um, force me to slow down, and I, I have times where I, I've I slow down in the morning and at night, but throughout the day, you know, reflecting on it and just taking that time to slow down. It's it's been a really good it's been a really good book and really good read, and I was surprised by um, I was surprised by the stories. They're very rich, so. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question or not. No, you did. No, I, okay. Yeah, I love how you answered it because it kind of just opens us up. I think that's the great thing about a good book like Hannah Anderson, even the way she opened it. She said, hey, you're going to pick this up. You're going to put it down. You're going to go away for four days and not read it, and then you're going to come back and maybe have some time to read it. And her invitation was put it in the kitchen, which I loved when I asked her in her interview, where you know, how do you set this out? And I literally did have in my mind that you're going to put it on the coffee table in front of the fireplace with your big Great Dane sitting there or whatever, like the perfectly curated mo- And she was like, stop that. Like, put it in the kitchen. Put it next to your bed. Put it where you can pick it up and then put it down. So I love the busy side. That's life. That is where we find ourselves. So I love it. Jonathan, for you, is was celebrating Advent new to you? Did you grow up celebrating Advent? And, and tell us a little bit about your experience coming into this year and, and if there's been a favorite moment about Advent season. But first, I'm curious if that's something that was a part of your tradition growing up. So definitely, I mean, growing up in the church, we definitely spent, it, it was there. I mean, but we didn't, we didn't take it very seriously. And, and Zach, you definitely challenged us, the team and the community here um, as a whole to take this Advent time seriously. So this is the first time I think that I've intentionally celebrated Advent. Um, and it's been, it's been neat. It's sort of, slowed things down and because I'm, I was so just saturated in it growing up it's just what you did every year it's what everyone did I didn't stop and ever think about it, it just came and gone you know I got my gifts and then you know I'll wait till next year um but this year it's it's different it's uh it's thinking about it appreciating it um I, I guess like leaning into it and trying to think so the 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 section that i had was was in the stillness of night when the angels and the the heavenly host came to the shepherds at night um and that's sort of how i've been probably celebrating it best is is at night alone the whole i live in paula beach so everyone's asleep by 8 p.m um (laughs) (laughs) and i keep talking about this thing but 
I've, I'll take the, the electric unicycle out and it's become second nature to where I can just, it's, you're basically just standing on a platform. It's like standing on a piece of plywood, except it's moving, you know, up to 30 miles an hour and there's no one in sight. So I'm just like just sort of coasting through these neighborhoods. And I feel like a ghost just because you're silent and no one really sees you. So, and you're just flying through and it's really, it's really peaceful because you can, it's got some built-in speakers. So I play a little, little worship music and just, I spent a lot of time there in prayer and just thinking and enjoying and being grateful for the age I'm living in where I can do that. Um, so yeah, the time at night and the silent moments is how I've been celebrating it. I love it. And we have a leg up just before we started recording, somebody was talking about cold weather and all the crazy things. People across the country, for all of you who are listening in much colder places, we have it so easy because you imagine Jonathan gliding like a ghost through those neighborhoods about 71 degrees at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, this is December, right? I wear my socks out there too. Yeah, it's a totally different experience. And I think that the night backdrop really does help because sometimes for me in Florida, I miss that cold chill that you're tucked in. It doesn't feel disruptively winter. So that's hard for me in my brain. But at night, when everything goes quiet and it gets dark and it cools down to the frigid 70s, you you do feel a bit of that. And I love that stillness moment. We're going to come back to that because I think Christmas Eve sets us up for that. Cami, for you, this Advent season, what's been, is there a moment that has kind of surprised you where you have, have kind of felt like it? Because I know for moms, dads, all of us who are busy, you know, there's moments where we feel it and then it goes away. But has there been a moment where you found yourself kind of surprised by the Advent season? I'm not sure if it's one particular moment, but I thoroughly have enjoyed the this this Advent season because I love, I do love liturgy. And so the liturgical aspect of as a team and beyond with our own kids daily, we've been, as Colossians three says, setting our minds on things above. And so starting at the end of November and taking us now to November 22nd, it's daily to hear. I mean, it has become a fun, it's 8:59 PM. And I'm like, wait, we got to get on Instagram and who are we going to hear from? And up pops a team member and we get to hear from them and the way that this Advent book has spoken to them. And so I've learned a lot, gleaned a lot from our team, young and old. And so just the, the liturgy of it, you know, it's not Christmas isn't just so it has it has helped because it's not like, oh, my goodness, in two days is Christmas Eve and I'm not ready like I feel very prepared yeah and I'm not talking about the the stuff but yeah. just my heart in my mind I love that this that that's the whole point of Advent, the preparation like to to make room to be prepared and I think we've all felt that at different moments different years 
where we go, oh, wait, tomorrow's Christmas Eve. And I really just feel like I'm crashing into it. And maybe that's you listening. And that's okay. We've all been there where it's just life hasn't been in a space where we feel like we can step into it in the way that we hoped. And that's okay. We're going to have those times. And I think one of the things that this has done for me is, is shown me that I can find my way back to that. And maybe it's not this year, but maybe it's next year that I can try to stretch out from having two days to maybe three or where I slow down and I do prepare. And I've loved it too. If you didn't hear it, Elias, I think, was the 21st. Uh, one of our young team members, and he did an amazing job last night. I was I was blown away. I was sitting there listening to Elias just go and talk about King Jesus, and I was like, uh, Jerome had sent a video earlier in the day, the same thing, and like my day was started with this is that's my King, and ended with Elias just preaching about King Jesus. I loved it. I loved it. So I've thought that same thing. That liturgy of team has been amazing. Aaron, you have two girls. You and Jerome have two girls. And you're. You, this is kind of a unique part about being a parent is introducing these things to our kids. How have you and Jerome... Uh, well, maybe let me ask it this way. Has there been a moment where with Sela and even Kyra being around you have found uh, something special about introducing the idea of Advent and preparation for Christmas to Sela. Uh, yeah, actually. <clears throat> so Sela really gets into the Advent calendars, and she doesn't like chocolate, so I had to think of something unique with the calendar. Um, but her, ch- her school does a good job of sending, like, daily devotionals, and they come home with a calendar with different scripture and... Uh, different ways that she can set her mind every morning. And it's the, the things that are meant for kids, I think, have impacted me the most because I feel like I'm still growing a lot in my own faith. Um, but to see it through the lens of a child has been um, pretty amazing. So even just this morning, she um, we read her, her daily scripture for the, for the daily reading. And she sat down to to kind of work on another project, and she says, "You know, Mom, I'm just so thankful to be able to learn about baby Jesus, and that he was a baby, and the fact that she kind of took it from that perspective of, um, you know, because we've got our other daughter Kyra, who's an infant and a baby, and all the things. So to have that perspective of this King coming into our world as an infant." And just her realizing what that meant and how that looked and just that vulnerability of a baby. I don't know. So that's been really fun because it does. It starts our day out with that on our minds and reading from the Bible and just thinking about Jesus as a little baby boy. And just it's been great to slow down and focus because I do get busy minded, I should say, busy minded. There's always stuff going on, but it is good to to start my day. It's been a a challenge of my own to find ways to set my sights in the right spot and recalibrate. So this season has been great for that, to just think about what it's about and to really learn from my daughter and her amazing faith of, you know, just the little things. I love that. And with Kyra now as an addition, when Jerome and Aaron walk into the room, you know, they're bringing Kyra, who's in, she's not a baby baby, but a baby. And it's amazing what happens when a baby enters the room. Everybody goes, 
They're they're like drawn to the band. Yeah, I'll find my girls all hovered over Kyra looking at her and just like with wide-eyed wonder at this little life. And you think like what a beautiful way that God chose to draw us to himself that, you know, you have this, that's my king, right? And it can be distant or that mighty mountain or all these ways that God seems so far out there. And yet the invitation of a baby, it pulls you right to the face of God, right, right into the moment and you're, you're right there. And I think it's beautiful to see it and to see kids invite us to that, that posture of adoration uh, in the life of Jesus as a baby. It's beautiful. Riley, you're not getting off the hook. I'm going to ask you about Advent. He's producing the thing, but he's also over there. I want to know from you, this is, you know, a liturgical tradition. We're here in the Southeast. There's liturgical churches. There are churches that celebrate Advent, but they're non-liturgical churches. Advent's a practice some people have a lot of familiarity with and some not as much. I would love to know from your perspective, uh, what have you learned about the Advent season and and why it's important? Why has it become important to you? That's good. I mean, so I guess like a little background for me. I mean, I've worked in churches, you know, since I've been able to work uh, <laughs> legally. And, um, you know, Christmas season's always the busiest season production-wise, you know, preparing f- to try to make these Christmas service services you know leave an impact on you know first come people and stuff like that and i i think it's really cool the way v3 has been very diligent and liturgical with this advent season specifically because for for me you know growing up and you know growing up in church and working in church i feel like you know there's plenty of great things we've done and highlight in church but i feel like there's a difference in what we've done this season with Advent at V3 than I've ever experienced before, you know, with, I think one of the coolest things, you know, we keep talking about it, but the heaven and nature sing, you know, that's left a huge impact on, I think a lot of people specifically, and uh, it's left an impact on me. You know, I had, you know, the privilege to, you know, put some of that together and it was stressful, but it's become one of my favorite things. And it's, it's helped me just remember like what the true, you know, reason of Advent is and, you know, what, you know, Jesus being born meant to us in a world of, you know, full of sin and, you know, evil and, you know, just so many bad things. And it's helped me just remember uh, hope and that, you know, Jesus was born and that's, you know, he's the reason we have all this hope. And so that's been probably the, you know, it's not something I necessarily learned, but it's helped me remember that and focus even more on that, you know, word hope this season and compared to what I've done most of my life of, you know, focusing on Christmas, but not really like living in it, I would say, you know, I've focused on Christmas a lot, but I haven't necessarily been living in it and living in that Advent season. And something we've done this year at V3 with all of the different Advent things we've done has you know, that's helped me a ton, you know, let that soak in and live that out daily, you know, whether it's reading, you know, the Advent book, whether it's, you know, opening the Advent calendar at my house and remembering why we're doing all of this, you know, 
it's helped me a ton the way we've we've took the posture we've taken at v3 of advent this season for sure i think i share that too and i'll let somebody you guys all jump into this but this year we've been talking over and over and over about our work it's really the how for v3 of nurturing an embodied faith and i think that's what for me 25 days in community reading together curated led by someone else, right? It's not us making it up. Hannah Anderson has teed us up by the work she did to carry us through the story of of Jesus's arrival, his birth, the backdrop of sin. Having someone lead you through that puts you in a posture where you start to form your faith at an embodied level. You are at 859, as Cammie said, waiting to participate in something. And I think that, that that's something really important that's happening, that we're all learning right now, is that as we embody these things, they, they come out of abstraction and they become, we start to, as Riley said, live our faith. And our Christian faith starts to uh, as we embody it, there's an impact there. I'm curious for you all as a team, and I'll just let you jump in. Uh, as we embody this posture of making room and preparing for Christmas, very deliberately, very thoughtfully at an embodied level, what's the impact? That, what have you felt? Uh, I'm curious about that. What have you felt as you embody it? And maybe what are what are what's a habit or practice that's helped you uh, embody it? Do you sit when you watch those Instagrams? Do you read uh, Hannah's book in a particular place? What's maybe the practice that's helping you embody this Advent season of making room and expectation? And what's the felt impact for you? I see Jonathan's eyes going. J- Jerome's got a mic. Saint Jerome, Jonathan. I was just gonna say the. Not not a personal practice, but to add to, to what Riley was saying, uh, celebrating it early, not just making some big Christmas Eve service or Christmas Day service, but starting at the beginning of December um, and having almost like that extended Christmas Eve service that actually lasted a month as we sit and think about it. Um, and And I feel like Christmas gets so spoiled by all like the Santa Claus decorations, you see them getting ready right after Thanksgiving. You know, they don't, they don't mess around. Um, but instead just getting ahead of it with the, with the time in Advent and time spent thinking about it. Isn't that a great, uh, Cam, go. Well, I was just thinking, you know, like back in the day, I would kind of get frustrated when people were asking when they could, especially our kids, when can we start listening to Christmas music? And we, we took a hard stance for the day after Thanksgiving, but this year, I think it was November 1st, the Christmas music was playing and it was the fun stuff. It was the hymns. And I didn't mind it because of the joy that it brings. And so kind of like when, when we were engaged and we had five months to plan our wedding and there was engagement gatherings and the excitement of all of the preparations that go into a celebration like that. Christmas is like that. And so I think to, to really enjoy it and deep dive into the celebration of it and, and see it like that. I think as I look forward to 2023, I'll be looking forward to November 1st. Like let's, let's do it. You know, Halloween is over and it's the, it's all of it mixed together with Thanksgiving too. But I think that 
that it makes it just more special. I love when you say special, like what have you felt this, this season? And maybe I'll, I'll give you a second to think about that, but I'm curious and Jonathan, same to you. Like if you had to put it in a word, like this season, I feel peace, I feel joy, but Jerome, what were you going to say? Um, I just wanted to piggyback off what, you know, Cammie was saying about the liturgies um, and, you know, it does create joy, like the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? And, you know, I love the fact that she says, you know, I love liturgies. I love, like, doing this together, public worship, you know, adoration towards God because there's, and Zach, you know, we were talking about this the other day, I think, with Jonathan, that there's so many um, other secular liturgies that's combating, um, you know, combating God, right? And, and it's driving us away from God. And, I mean, we can name a million off of our head, whether we talk about social media, whether we talk about um, sports, whether we talk about, you know, iPhones, as, you know, James K. Smith talked about. Um, all these are, are liturgies that's every single day um, that is, you know, imprinting on us. So I think when we allow ourselves to Cammy's point to slow down and to you know let that allow ourselves to have joy in those moments like oh man here we go Christmas again no like let me slow down to allow this joy to fill my my heart to fill my soul and be buoyed by it it changes everything and then it's it's like man I can and when's, when does Christmas start? When can we start playing Christmas music? Can I, can I, is that, is it okay to do it in October? Like, I mean, I found myself, you know, cause I'm not really a Halloween fan. I mean, I think everybody here knows that. Just, I don't dress up. I ain't got time for that. And listen, I don't have a problem with people that, that want to dress up. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. My, I dress my daughter up. It's fine. It's, it's cool. I just don't want to dress up. That's just me. Right? I don't There's look, no time when you're dancing to Mariah Carey all I, the time. Exactly. You know I mean? I'm, I'm too busy dancing. You know, all I want for Christmas is you. That's, that's all I'm thinking about. So, I, you know, I don't got time to think about anything else. But, um, yeah, like for me, I, I like the fact of creating um, liturgies. And to your point, Zach, like Hannah's already laid it out for us. And it's just every single day. We don't even have to think about it. We can just reflect. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. What's the feeling, Jonathan? I... I'm going to steal this word because it's our word for 2023, but serious that there's been a a weight to this advent um, because we've spent so much intentional time in it. I mean, this is, this is like, this is the moment the spirit of God came in the flesh. This is something that deserves as much time as we can give it and as much thought. And this is the first advent that, I've really taken seriously. I love that. Like we, Jonathan and I and Zach, the whole team was talking about that word serious. Like, and it's funny because I was actually talking to Zach yesterday um, about this. And I I remember a long time ago, a friend of mine uh, gave me this astrology book. And I remember looking at it and it said, you know, not to take things too seriously. And I was like, that doesn't sound like a, that doesn't sound like good advice, but uh, all right. But I could see, I could see in some aspects 
how it can be good advice and how it can't. But when it comes to if we believe what we believe, if we believe in embodying our faith, if we believe that, you know, there is a seen and unseen realm, right? There is a God who loves us that died on the cross for us. If we believe all that, then it should change and shape us. Like the liturgies that we do should reflect our love for God. And that can only happen if we, you know, like Jonathan says, if we take what we say seriously and what we read seriously. So I love that, Jonathan. Thanks. And serious, like it gets a bad, there's a bad connotation sometimes. Like, oh, don't take it so seriously. Don't take yourself seriously. We get all that. But I think what we're all, what we're all reflecting on this year is more to Lewis's point, right? Like if Jesus is who he says that he is, then it's of infinite importance. If he's not who he says he is, then Christianity is of no importance. But as Lewis said, what it can't be is mildly important. It, it can't be something that you just like casually respond to. The reality that God took on flesh, dwelt among us against a backdrop of sin and disruption to bring hope, as Riley said, like this is an incredible, incredible good news of great joy. No wonder it was proclaimed by angelic realms and the visible and invisible opening up to to wonder at this incredible gospel news. It cannot be mildly important. And again, that's not an indictment so much as it's an invitation to say there's something here to come and see and to come and reconsider. And even if like through this conversation, you're just thinking like, wow, right, me too. I've just kind of breezed in and breezed out of this season. And yes, it's had my faith connotation, but I've never really considered or given time to what I'm being invited to respond to. I think that's the invitation we wanted to set this year is to make room for that. Like even now, it's December 22nd, but make room for that. Make room for the reality of God becoming flesh uh, to transform and to change your life forever and ever. And before we run out of time, I know that everybody, you know, again, we're drawn to a close. This is it. We've got a couple more meetings between us as a team. And then we're going to be there to kind of quiet down and make room. So I'm curious from you all, in the next 48 hours, uh, what will you do to make room for the just the wonder and the joy of that gospel news that God took on flesh and entered in? What will you do uh, to make room for that story to come front and center uh, to your life or to your family? Riley, is there something that you're planning to do in order to, to give yourself that moment? Um, I don't ne- necessarily know if specifically this 48 hours, but I would say this whole month, honestly, I've kind of just been diligent in making, it's kind of one of the things that pings back on Edgar Guzman's podcast of, you know, being, you know, turning the TV off, you know, those kind of things. But this season, you know, with all the busyness going on and everything and all of that, I've just kind of taken that and taken recalibration and kind of mixed the two and just been like, when I feel like I'm busy or I'm stressed about something, stressed about, you know, getting the house ready for, you know, the family to come over for Christmas Eve or getting everybody's gifts. Are they going to like this gift? And just being like, is this really that important? Is this really what matters the most of this season? Do I really need to be stressing about making sure 
the house is vacuumed and dust free for my family to come over. And it's like, that's not, no, that's not the, yes, do I want it to look good? Of course, but that's not what I need to be stressing about. I need to be living in this moment and spending this time with my family and preparing for, you know, a great time with all my family coming over. And so I I would say, honestly, I just, that's something I've done this month. So I would encourage everybody as, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, before Christmas, just ask those questions as, you know, you're getting ready. Like, do I really need to be stressing over this? Yes, the clock is running and there's food in the oven and all of this is going on. But why don't I just be diligent and invite my kid to help me with this or ask, you know, ask if my mom wants to help me with doing this, you know, just take those times that feel so stressful and just kind of pause. And, you know, as we say, you know, turn your vision up, but turn your vision out and see if somebody in your house wants to help you out with those things. And, you know, just ask those questions as you're leading up to, you know, Christmas or whatever's happening at your households this season. I love that specific invitation when we think about making room for God to enter into a moment. Well, how's he going to do that? Well, perhaps he's going to do it through another image bearer where the presence of God is in them and that presence comes right into the presence that of God in your life and God is setting you up for that. So I love that of, to include someone and talk about embodying it. Right before Riley came over for this, I got a text and he said, I'm baking with my mom. So that is not just cheap talk. He's literally doing it. Jonathan, how about you? Is there something that you're planning to do to kind of uh, open the door a little wider and and make room for God to to do what he's going to do in your life uh, this coming year? I don't have anything planned, but right before you asked that question, I was just thinking, I feel like there, there's the moment before, you know, you open presents when you, um, when my family would sit and read the story of the birth of Jesus. And I feel like that is a moment that I want to bring the weight and the seriousness to that moment. But so now I'm just thinking of ideas. If you have any suggestions, I'm all ears. No, hey, here's the suggestion I would have to for you and for everybody listening. And it kind of goes from what Riley said is sometimes we're looking around and we're hoping somebody will do it right? We're hoping somebody will lead and invite everybody to take a seat and we're going to read the Christmas story. And sometimes we're looking for that next person who's going to lead us from generation to generation. And I would just say, maybe you're that person. And maybe it's in your house where you're going to stop and before everybody dives into dinner, you're going to say, you know what, can we pray? And I just want to thank God for making for, for making his way into the world. And we want to make room right here at the dinner table. So Jonathan, I would just say, lean in to that moment. And whether it's to read the story or to pray or invite your family to consider, ask them how they're making room for God in their life. What a great invitation. And and let's be those people. I was going to say, you kind of sparked a memory right there for me this season. Uh, Thanksgiving, um, usually my, my grandfather was the one to always pray. Um, and then it would be, you know, my brother or my dad or something. And we all get together right before we're going to, you know, get our plates and start eating and we pray. And everybody was like, who's praying? Everybody's just looking around at each other. And it was like an awkward 20 seconds. And we were like, oh, who's, you know, AJ, do it. you know, blah, 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 somebody do it. And it was just, everybody's looking around. And so when you said that, I was like, 
if that happens, maybe that is a time for you to step up and just be the person to take charge and action and do it. So it sparked a memory when you said that. Oh, I love it. Aaron? Yeah, I was thinking this season, it just seemed cluttered and, and busy. And I thought, gosh, I don't want to get all the Christmas decorations out and further clutter my <laughs> life and my living room. But it's something that my daughter, Sela and I really enjoy doing. And there's something profound that happens when we decorate for Christmas. It just creates that space and that feeling of Christmas. And in Florida, you have to do a little extra to <laughs> create that vibe. Um, growing up in Utah, it was snowy and cold. And you know, it was just different. So uh, literally making room in my living room for these decorations has been <clears throat> just really special because it, it does create that, that type of feeling throughout the, the weeks and the months. Um, to just, you know turn off the lights to go to bed, but the tree's still glowing. Mm. And to just maybe take some time in the morning when I first get up and the tree lights are still on. And that's probably one of my most favorite memories as a child is I would literally lay underneath the tree and look up into the branches at the lights and how it reflected off of the wall. That is just instilled and ingrained in my mind. And so I think that of just physically making space and setting the intention for the feel of Christmas is been really special and I do like doing it early earlier than usual because I feel like we I want to take it full advantage mm -hmm. of the Christmas season well yesterday I was just thinking you know it's so nice to turn on the radio in the car and just have Christmas music playing on multiple channels and I was kind of bummed thinking, man, this is going to go away soon. But I just, I love to be able to hear, you know, the the story of Jesus being played throughout all the radio stations and in grocery stores. And it's just kind of a special time. I love that. I love the idea of making room and the, the beauty side of that. We were thinking a lot about that, the good, the true, the beautiful, and how does beauty help us find our way to the source? And uh, I don't know if you're listening, Aaron, when you were talking, I just thought there's probably somebody listening who's had a really hard year and it has not felt at all. And not only just not like Christmas, it maybe has felt awful because they lost somebody they love or a job or coming out of two years of COVID. It's just been financially devastating. I don't know, but I'm, I know that that's true for people in our community. And there's some of us just listening going, yeah, this doesn't feel like Christmas. And Aaron, I think, is a great invitation that sometimes maybe it's just one thing, light one candle or uh, say, you know what, I am. I'm going to go put one ornament on my, you know, succulent or whatever it is that I can do just to point in the direction of my hope. I think that's a great invitation. Jerome, Cami, anything, final words on how you're going to be making room? You know, I was... I love all the books you have up here, Zach. They're, they're great. And I was I think that's City of God up there. Um, and it just reminded me of St. Augustine when he was talking about rightly ordered loves and how it's a virtue. And you had mentioned love just a second ago. And, and that kind of sparked in me like, you know, like just priority of our loves. And 
you know, the priority of our time. What are we spending our time on? And so for me, like, what do I cherish the most? Sila had a Christmas um, uh, celebration or Christmas uh, concert. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before? And um, it was great. It was great going. Um, even though I felt hurried, I was like, well, you know, we gotta, we're going to go. And, I, you know, I got to have a meeting afterwards. And But I went, and it was just, it was great. And then as we were, were, were getting ready to go, I was going to meet up with a friend of mine and, and I was like, you know, let's get some pictures by the, 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 the tree. And I was like, okay, let's get some pictures by the tree. And I'm carrying Kyra. Kyra, if you don't know, she's my little infant. She weighs like 30 pounds and she's heavy and my back hurts carrying this little thing all <laughs> over the place. But I'm like, all right, so I'm carrying her. And uh, we took her out and Sila just looked so beautiful. And I'll show you guys uh, the picture. You know, if you're listening, you can't see the picture. Are you? You know, but just imagine my seven-year-old holding my um, my eleventh-month-old, and it just brought me great joy. Um, just that picture um, of them holding, it. and I'm like, and and I said to myself, like, wow, like I get these two beautiful girls and my beautiful wife, like, you know, rightly ordered loves, right? Obviously God is one, right? And then family. And Zach, you said this, everybody else comes after that. And so if we think about that, then we will make room for God because you really have to self-evaluate, you know, like, okay, what, what am I spending most of my time with? Is it with nonsense? Oh man, I'm watching too much Netflix. Do I have to watch this? Why am I binge watching this whole show? That's four hours I spent. I could can I give God an hour? You know, I just watched the whole whole willow. You know, what I'm like, <laughs> uh, it's pretty good by the way. But anyways, it's like man, it's like you know I could be spending so much more time with God. So I need to you know rightly order my time and 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 rightly ordered loves it comes to my as far as making room. Just to add two things, I know that we need to wrap up the actual practices of of finishing out this very full time entering christmas eve i i love and and if you don't have a spot on christmas eve if it's not already your tradition i strongly encourage and certainly can promise you that you will be blessed to center yourself at at a christmas eve service so find one down the street find one in your town, ask a friend if you don't know how to find a church, but to walk into the doors on Christmas Eve to see the candles, to to see the to imagine that that star lit. And if it's if this is like your first time, kind of like Jonathan said, my first time going through this Advent season, find a spot to walk in those doors on Christmas Eve and to hear the story and to to hear what we're talking about. It's an invitation from me, a tradition that I, that Zach has shared with our family, and it's now a tradition with our kids, is on Christmas Eve, we've sung Silent Night, All is Calm, and we come home with our kids, and we turn on um, Roger Whitaker's The Governor's Dream. I don't know if you've heard it. You can find it on Spotify. It is free. 
And um, Roger Whitaker's voice is saying, oh, holy, oh, holy voices, sing voices, pray, oh, holy, oh, holy. He says, rise up for he is for he is come, rise up, rise up. And it is like a song of praise. And so for me, making room is to make it still and and then to like focus on Christmas Eve so that on Christmas morning we wake up. And, and even if it's not, life is not perfect. There are lots of trials, lots of people around us right now we're joining in prayer, in prayer for. And, um, but Christ is, he is, he's with us and he's within us. And so this has been a joy. Even this podcast, just to sit here and center ourselves like this is awesome. Yeah. I love that. I'll just second that, that don't worry about the perfect church. Don't worry about the the perfect context or driving 20 miles away to try to get to a one of 12 services at the at the church that everybody knows about. Maybe just walk to the one down the street. Um, but I would encourage you, make room, as Cammie said. Just find your way to worship together with other people who are point who are longing and expectant for God to enter in. And that's really the story. Uh, light enters darkness. And we Riley set us up for that. But many of us listening, many of you listening, are experiencing a hard year, uh, a tough year. And even if it's not within our own family, which many of us are facing those things, uh, maybe it's in your neighborhood or in your state or in the country. Or last night, President Zelensky uh, gave his address to, con- to Congress and talked about what's going on in Ukraine. There's a lot of dark uh, in the world. And um, I think the invitation I want to make is make room for light to enter in. We don't have to, we don't have to, to manufacture the light. Light enters darkness. That's the story of Christmas, is that light entered darkness. And there's the worship song that says, and you'll do it again, God. And he's going to do it again. And he's going to do it in each of our lives if we will invite him to, for light to enter the darkness, whatever it is, if it's loss, if it's pain, if it's depression, if it's uh, a question that you have not been answered, or if it is separation from God, I have never trusted you, God, and I've heard this invitation over and over and over. I will tell you, if we make room and allow the life of God to enter in, light does enter into darkness, and we get to be recipients of that great promise. And so, uh, Cami, I'm with you. Thank you all for joining and listening in, and I, I'm expectant to see what God will do in the new year. So uh, let me just close us with this and say, may God bless you and keep you, and we pray that his face would shine upon you, that he'd be gracious to you in the moments uh, that you have with your family and your friends and your neighbors and in the year to come. But have a Merry Christmas, like emotional saying this, but uh, light does enter darkness. And that's what we're praying for all of you who are listening. And we can't wait to see you in the new year. Thanks for joining us for the conversation. Remember to like and subscribe to Lab the Podcast and visit VUVIVO.com to help us uncover enchanted reality. We'll see you next time.